Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on March 5th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry. And you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Lee Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. I am fabulous. Um, happy that it's Friday. Yes. Happy that it's sunny. It's going to be a beautiful, nice kind of springy weekend. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it, there's going to be a little um, rain coming tomorrow, I guess, where I'm um, stationed, but uh, it's going to be a beautiful day today. Yes, we had a little rain this week. Um, I think it was Wednesday, and it was gorgeous, just enough for about two, three hours to wash off everything. And uh, mm-hmm. I suspect all those spring wildflowers are going to be popping out this weekend with a little heat. So I love it. It just kind of you know, cl- mm-hmm. cleaned everything off a little bit um, and made it even more gorgeous right. than right. it already is. So um, it's all good. Um, right. I've had a good week. How about you? Did you have a good week? Oh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, Looking forward to uh, uh, this coming week. Everything um, is going well. Excellent. Good. All righty. Well, I keep getting these um, emails. (laughs) I keep getting these emails from TurboTax. They keep wanting me to do something about the taxes, but I'm not ready. I am not ready. Well, you you're not alone. You're not ready, and guess what? You're not alone in the not ready zone. <laughs> um, yeah. I think a lot of people are not ready. Um, you know, and they're in. Uh, well, who knows? They're not ready. They're not organized. They're, they're in denial, or they just like to wait till the last minute. There's all different types of theories, and it's all different reasons. You know, right. Um, right. Why, uh, I get this, right. you know, TurboTax reminders too, and. Uh, Yes, I know. It's um, that time of year. <laughs> uh, that and property tax bills, mm-hmm. you know, keep popping up here and there, too, it, it seems like. Anyway, so, yes, 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 we are. Our guest but, today is going to, you know, help us um, get us back on track. Uh, and um, maybe she okay. can motivate okay. us to be organized. But there, there are a few things, um, you know, happening this week that I do want to discuss first before we get into our guest. Um, Mm -hmm. We had our, you're familiar with our Young Entrepreneurs Academy program um, that we run every year. Very much so, Y-E-A. Yeah, it's such a great program and always have just brilliant young minds um, in it. It's a 20-week program, but it spans from late October until pretty much like the end of April or beginning of May, just depending on holidays and school vacations and what have you. But it allows, you know, um, students, 
grades six through twelve to sign up for this program. It's an after you know it's an after school program. It's not part of a school curriculum, and there's unfortunately no credit given to it. So it's an optional volunteer type of program, and it takes children who have that curious entrepreneurial mind, or maybe already an idea for a business. Um, or they just are beginning and they want to develop something, mm-hmm. and we teach them how to write a business plan, you know, what the costs will look like, how to do the research, um, how to brand, how to name, you know, all of those wonderful things. And um, we have a lot of chamber members um, tune in throughout the 20 weeks and share their expertise on whether it is what kind of insurance they'll need, um, how to brand, you know, niche marketing, tax advice, which mm-hmm. uh, our, our guest today is one of those mm-hmm. people who lends her time to the program. But so much fun. But this week <clears throat> we had the CEO roundtable, which is part kind of on the final stages of the program and we this year we had five CEOs um, that we brought in and when I say brought in brought on to zoom we're still relegated to zoom um, and uh, mm-hmm. they share their experience of starting their business you know what they would do differently um, what they love you know why they started their business what they were doing when they were you know in middle school and high school really fun um, stories you know, from the CEOs and, of course, the YEA students got to ask the questions. So it's a nice dialogue, you know, between them. And um, I think the students learn a lot, but so do the CEOs. Um, We kind of make them kind of scratch, you know, scratch their brain a little bit. Sometimes, you know, relive memories of their early days in business. So um, this year we had um, a nice kind of mix of, CEOs, we had Peter Kim, um, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, the owner of Sloopies. Yeah. Um, we had um, Maureen McBride, who we've had on the show before and um, has been in business mm-hmm. for, gosh, over 21 years in Manhattan Beach, um, and owner of Tabula Rossa mm-hmm. Essentials. We had Patricia Jones, who you know from PSI Love You Foundation, uh, talking about starting a nonprofit. Right. We had Rebecca Warfield, who is um, an artist management um, she is, uh, owns the uh, Chicane Group and also a technology called Looped. We had her on about a year and a half ago, and you might remember her. And then Chad Hazen, who is the founder of Sophie right. Coffee, which is a carbonated coffee drink. And just really great um, dialogue amongst all those. Because, you know, these students, they, you know, right, this year we have um, students who uh, have a product, you know, one young lady is developing a sunscreen for dark skin. Um, You know, another one has a cookie company Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, she does cookies in a jar type of thing. We have um, two sisters who were in the foster care system at some point, and they're developing an app that helps match kids and um, so they can talk about their foster experiences. So it's really fun. I mean, it's amazing some of the ideas that um, are developed out of this program, but uh, really great conversation. So very proud of them. Um, the the uh, Shark Tank style, you know, pitch that we have, which is called mm-hmm. the investor panel, where um, they do their final pitch to the investors and then are awarded some startup money to help start their business it's coming up on March 31st. So we'll get a few of the students on probably after that and um, maybe over spring break I can grab one of them and we can, and we can talk to them because um, really impressive and just articulate and the teachers, Nellie and Rachel, really take them through a great program and, and develop them. So uh, very, very exciting. You know, the young mm-hmm. minds are the future of mm-hmm. our, our country, right? So we got to help them. Right. Uh, yeah. And then just a couple reminders. Um, <laughs> tonight is the mm-hmm. uh, world premiere of Yanni Corey's movie, The Next Step. And it is a fundraiser, of course, for his um, Next Step Fitness uh, Foundation and that he developed years ago um, on after he was recovering and actually trying to recover and find treatment um, after a uh, – horrible surfing accident that left him paralyzed. So he has several facilities across the nation and um, they're funded through donations. So that again is the next step tonight. Um, And tickets are still available 
at nextstepfitness.org. If you go there, um, you can get tickets and watch the movie. But it's his journey across the United States in a wheelchair. Um, God bless him. He's done it now a couple times. Right. So r- raising money and raising awareness for paralysis. And then mm-hmm. let's see, what else? Oh, it's exciting this week. The teachers in this area started getting vaccinated regardless of age. So, you know, 65 and older can be vaccinated, but so can teachers and educators um, and anybody in the food service or agricultural industry. So grocery store workers, uh, restaurant Mm -hmm. staff, you know, started getting vaccinated. So, um, and K through five went back to school this week. So we're, we're excited. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. signs of spring signs of, of recovery and um, stepping slowly in the, in the right direction. So we're very happy about all that, but um, those are the big announcements that, um, that I have. Right. Well, those are great. Those are great, great, great uh, developments, especially the kids getting back into some kind of in-person learning. Uh, this is uh, so critical. So we're very happy to see that. Yes, yes. So at least they'll get a couple months. Hopefully, we'll stay on track, right? And um, they'll get us, you know, three or right. four months before the school year ends. And also, you know, I'm sure the teachers are very happy to be back um, in person and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parents who have been working at home and, you know, teaching their kids also and <laughs> navigating it gives them a little relief um, to be able to go back into their office or or not, you know. But um, I think it's just a very positive step. And uh, the AdventurePlex, um, which is, you know, owned by Beach State's Health District, um, that is the kind of like a little mini um, pod, plenty of distribution, um, specifically for educators in the South mm-hmm. Bay. So very pleased. Um, you know, the, uh, the county and uh, thanks to uh, the city and, and then also Beach State's Health District are making it very easy um, location-wise for these teachers to kind of run over and get vaccinated too. So um, very positive. Love it. I, we need more of those vaccines. Quicker, quicker, quicker. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. Right. So that's, that's it. We've got a good show today. Is that um, it? Yes. That is it. This is one yes. of my favorite guests. She scares me, but it's one of she's one of my favorite guests because I don't know what she's going to tell me. Uh, <laughs> and I want to make sure uh that uh we're we're doing the right thing. I can't. Yes, um um uh, let's let's talk to her. Uh, Kelly, who's our guest today? Okay, Joe, don't be scared. Um, We have a returning (laughs) guest. Um, She's been with us many, many times. Um, Sylvia Gayed, the founder and CEO of Manhattan Tax and Accounting. Uh, Manhattan Tax and Accounting is a full-service tax and accounting firm founded by Sylvia in 2005. So they celebrated um, their 15th anniversary um, yeah, very quietly last year because of um, the, the pandemic, but she's headed towards her 16th year. Mm. Anyways, uh, the firm's areas of specialty include individual corporate partnership and LLC tax preparation, tax planning, bookkeeping, and payroll services. After graduating from college with a bachelor's degree in finance and accounting, Sylvia worked in accounting at Universal Music Group and at Deloitte a big four worldwide accounting firm uh, before opening her own company here in Manhattan Beach. So um, welcome, Sylvia. It's such a pleasure to have you back for the annual tax update and, uh, you know, fear buster and kick in the tushy to file our taxes. How are you today? Thank you, Kelly. I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. It's good to be here with you and <laughs> Joe and all our guests. Uh, let's yes. see. Where do we start from, right? Uh, you touched briefly in your conversation <laughs> about what to prepare for this tax season, right? What to prepare for your accountant. Uh, as, uh, as you know, last tax season was really um, unpredictable because of the COVID-19 hitting. And now we're still going through this pandemic. Although I'd like to think we're 
approaching hopefully the tip end of it. But um, for taxpayers, what they one of the most important thing that they you know they need to keep in mind when preparing their file is to have all their documents together for their accountant. So I'll go over what you know examples of these type of documents. Then I'll get into talking about the tax law changes, the upcoming deadline, um, and uh, and some of the ideas or some of the news that's just going around, uh, not confirmed by IRS, but it's going around uh, and people are believing some of that. So first I want to talk about our standard uh, documents that we want to make sure our file is all complete with before we go to the accountant uh, or your tax advisor this year. Those forms you're familiar with, your W-2s, your 1099 miscellaneous, your 1099 interest income, your 1099 dividends, your 1099 uh, brokerage account, uh, year-end summary, which shows you all your stock sales. Uh, also, if you collected unemployment, you will receive, if you haven't already, you should have by now, a 1099-G from EDD, uh, also your 1095-A. Health insurance is important to report this year. It is not, there's no penalty for it on the federal side. However, California will bring you a penalty if you did not claim um, health insurance or if you did not carry health insurance for 2020. So please make sure you have your form and provide that to your uh, tax advisor. Also, if you own a, a property, uh, you have 10, 1098 mortgage interest, your property taxes. If you purchased a property this mm. year, uh, you have new forms to provide also your accountant, like your final closing escrow statement. There's a lot of different forms. So if you put your file together and you come to a point uh, and present it to your accountant, make sure you do let them know what changes have happened this year. If you sold a property or bought a property, if you acquired a business, if you started a business, any of this will impact your tax situation and they will better advise you what other documents they will need or information they will need from you. So this is just a quick recap um, uh, you know, for, for uh, taxpayers as to what to prepare before they go into accountants. I'm noticing that definitely people are taking longer to reach and get their taxes done. Part of it is they're waiting on K-1s or waiting on documents that are missing. Part of it is they are just barely trying to get the year started, and uh, they're not anxious on getting the taxes done right away. However, I should remind everyone, we have the March 15 corporate and multi-member LLC tax deadline coming up. That's for S-Corps and for multi-member LLC. The next deadline is your April 15th. That's for your individual tax, your single-member LLC, and C-Corps. It is important to, to note there has been talks, and people and I have clients who have been asking me, is IRS extending the tax filing deadline? The answer as of now is mm. nothing has been announced by IRS. If anyone tells you otherwise, it is not accurate. As of this morning and all the IRS uh, updates and news, nothing has come out about an extension of the deadline. Would it happen? If it happens, it happens. We will know about it definitely at least couple of weeks before the deadline. But as of now, we're still up against March 15 and April 15 deadlines. Um, for those individuals, I should just uh, uh, note, for those individuals that are U.S. citizens living abroad, their deadlines continue to file their tax, which need to be June 15. So their deadline is slightly different from our deadline here in the U.S. So that's as far as, as these days. Now, I want to also jump into some of those changes. Before I jump into the changes or the tax law changes that came up this year, I would like to remind everyone that your unemployment income that you received is indeed taxable to the federal. So the feds expect to see that. If, because I've had people ask me, oh, we've heard that the IRS will not tax us. This is not correct information. Your unemployment income you received in 2020 is indeed taxable to the feds, not to the state, but to the feds. We have some um, new tax law changes this year. One, people already have started doing, which is applying for or applying for the new PPP loans. 
the requirements are still the same as prior or the, as the first PP loan. However, for this second one, they need to show a 25% or more reduction in gross sales in 2020 to qualify. Uh, we, for a long time, people wondered uh, as far as what constitute for me, what requires me to file a tax return. If you earn $400 or more in self-employed income, that's working for someone as an independent contractor, that's starting a business, if you earn $400 or more, you are required to file a tax return. Or if your gross income is greater than standard, the standard deduction, which is for this year for an individual, it's 12400 If either of those is more, then you need to file a tax return. Now, there is a question that comes up almost every tax season I get asked that from a client or a dependent of a client. Sometimes there are students that do work or if they're in college, they work part-time. They earn less than the 12400 They also don't earn a self-employed income, the 400 They are W-2. Should they file a tax return? And my answer to them is, let me take a look at your W-2. If their W-2 has most of the time, the none, there's withholdings for federal and state. They want this withholding back. So I always say, file your tax return if you want your withholdings back because most likely they'll get a refund. If not the full amount of the refund of the federal and state, they'll get a portion of it. So they have an advantage mm-hmm. there to file the tax return, even though they don't fall in what I just discussed right now. And some of them also say, well, my parents claim me as a dependent on their tax return. Can I still file my own tax return and claim my refund? Yes, you can. So this is an important note, to a reminder for uh, parents who are listening and have uh, uh, children that are in college and living at home and, uh, or not living at home and they, they have worked, even if it's part-time. Uh, it's good to, to check with your financial, with your uh, tax advisor or accountant on those, but this would be my recommendation on it. Uh, something new this year, the IRS is allowing individuals who claim standard deduction, not itemization, standard deduction, who have made donations to charitable organizations, uh, they can claim up to $300 above the line deduction. So it will be on their first page under 1040, and it's above the line. Obviously, they have to provide a proof of their donation to uh, their accountant. Uh, I get clients sometimes or questions sometimes that say, well, I've made these donations to church. And for secrecy, I made it in cash. I did not write it in check or a credit card. Can I claim it? The answer to that is you have to have a proof of it if it's $250 or above. So that's just the IRS requirement. Uh, it's, we cannot take a deduction for you if you can't prove to us. If it's above that limit, if you can't prove that you have made that donation. Because we have to keep a copy of that for our record. So... This is nice, though, for standard deduction individuals that they can still claim some type of the dona- some part of their donation, even though they're not itemizing. Um, so this is one new thing. Another thing is the medical expenses. If you've incurred a lot of medical expenses, you may want to look into this. You, right now, you can actually deduct, <coughs> excuse me, 7.5 percent of your adjusted gross income. So anything above the 7.5 percent of the adjusted gross income. This became permanent in 2020. It used to be that 7.5% for anyone who's 65 years and older, and then anyone else younger than that, it's 10%, 10% of adjusted gross income. Now it became permanent for everyone at 7.5%, and California conforms to this new uh, tax law uh, change. Uh, also, IRS had uh, announced that they increased the cash donations to up to 100% of your adjusted gross income. We're talking about those who are itemizing. You can, for 2020, and you would have probably made those donations already by now, um, claim up to 100% of your adjusted gross income. It used to be 60% of adjusted gross income. Now it's 100%. And when I Mm. say cash, I don't mean cash as in cash. I mean cash as in check or credit card. And typically your organization would provide your letters for that, like we said earlier. 
We have uh, some also uh, new, even though we're past that deadline, but I'll just mention it. Uh, this is a new form, which is 1099 NEC. Uh, maybe you have heard of it already, but it used to be 1099 miscellaneous that we will report on it on box seven, the non-employee compensation, independent contractor compensation. This year, it switched and IRS got new form, which is 1099 NEC, and that replaces the 1099 miscellaneous for that particular uh, income. Mortgage interest continues to be limited. Uh, mortgage interest deduction continues to be limited at the 750, 750 in loan. So if you acquired any debt, you can deduct uh, for, uh, for primary residence. You can deduct up to the first $750,000. Uh, the interest on that first 750. Uh, with child, for purpose of child tax credits, we continue to have the child tax credit um, to claim for uh, for basically for individuals or married filing jointly up to unjust gross income of 400,000. Um, you must at least have $2,500 in earned income. Schedule K-1 income is not con does not constitute as earned income. It's passive income, so it cannot count for purpose mm -hmm. of child tax credits. So this is a reminder also for uh, our listeners here about this uh, regulations for child tax credit. But it's great that they can still enjoy getting that. If they don't get the whole, if you have a, it's two thousand dollar per child. So if you get, if you have two children, that's four thousand dollar, and in credit. And a reminder, a credit is different than a deduction. A credit is basically it's a dollar for a dollar off your tax liability. So if your tax return had a liability of $5,000, you have two children, child tax credit of 4000 for both of them, 2000 per child, then that credit goes against the 5000 and you'll end up only owing 1000 Again, I'm using you know round number for simplicity um, of the information. But this is really what what uh, comes down to. Then we have after that, mm -hmm. I would like to talk a bit about um, I'd like to talk about the economic impact payments because there's some type of confusion there. Mm -hmm. We received I'm not going to say all taxpayers obviously because of the threshold, but there was a stimulus check that was received back in April, roughly April, sometime May, twelve hundred dollars per person, mm -hmm. and then there was another six hundred dollars in December, and then hopefully there is one that's being cut now for 1400 so I heard. So this economic impact payments, the taxpayers would have received a notice from the U.S. Treasury, from the IRS, notice 1444. This notice needs to be given to your tax professional. It needs to be reflected in your tax return. It basically states we are now asking taxpayers, I ask my clients for this notice. If they did not keep it, then I have to ask them, obviously, if you got the stimulus check, the first one, the second one, we need to report that in their tax return. Some individuals think that, oh, I'm going to get taxed on this money. No, you're not going to get taxed on this money. But the purpose of reporting it is because of the recovery rebate credit. Those individuals who did not receive the uh, the stimulus check and we're eligible for it, would get something called recovery rebate credit on their tax return, which is almost like it's like a payment that reduces their tax liability again. So if they missed it or they didn't get it for any reason, then we would be able to claim that. And that's why this notice 1444 is very important to provide to your accountant to show this information. Unfortunately, by the time this news came out, Maybe some individual would have misplaced it or thought it's not an important document. But I remind everyone, anything that has U.S. Treasury on top of it, you know, or IRS, it is an important document to keep. If you're not sure about whether it's important or not, please ask your professional advisor like your accountant again or tax advisor. So this mm. just gives you some of the updates. Now, there's more. Um, that I want to, you know, which is nice, actually, the IRS did this this year. IRS will actually accept electronic signatures on tax returns through June 30th, 2021. So this is something new that they started in recognition that probably many taxpayers would elect 
to do Zoom meetings or conference call with their accountants versus meeting in uh, in person due to the pandemic. So this is an, another uh, thing that actually facilitates the tax preparation, uh, makes it easier for taxpayers uh, to, to file their taxes. And, and IRS encourages everyone to obviously e-file their tax return versus paper file. They continue every single tax season to remind us, file your tax. One is you're going to make sure by e-filing, you're reducing your, uh, the amount and chances of errors that could happen when you paper file. And believe it or not, there are still people who would prefer paper file over e-file. But also, if they're getting a refund, it's a, we get the refund faster when they e-file versus filing uh, paper file the return itself. Uh, one thing also that's new this year, or just a reminder about plug-in vehicles, the Tesla credit is gone now. It's gone in 2020. Uh, basically, there was for that for them for Tesla and for GM. Why? Because they've already reached the 200 units of production. So if they bought, if you bought a Tesla towards the end of 2020, on the second half of it, you will not be able to take the credit, the plug-in vehicle credit, as others have enjoyed in the past. So this has phased out already. Uh, one thing that just continues to come up, and that's in regards to the property, the state and local tax. This was new in 2018. It was when they capped it at uh, basically the, uh, the $10,000 deduction on the Schedule A. This continues to be the same. We have no relief yet from the state and local uh, tax deductions. You're capped still at 10000 However, there is a potential, there is a case ongoing now for a potential refund, uh, but we don't, know the, we don't know the results of it yet. Uh, it's a case between, basically it's from between California and Texas, and it's particularly about this, this issue. And also there is another one in about the 0.9% Medicare tax and 3.8% net investment income tax. To remind our listener what those are, if you are single and you make an adjusted gross income, your, your, your income is above 200000 or married filing joint dinner, 250000 or more, you become subject to an additional tax called Medicare tax, which is a 0.9%. That's uh, at the time of your tax preparation. And then... If you have passive income like interest income, dividends, so capital gains from sales stock, or then you'll be subject to a 3.8% net investment income tax on those amounts. So those amounts have been going on, and again, this has been going on for at least four or five years now. Um, however, there is a case ongoing for a potential refund of those as well. So we'll see what happens. Interesting, 2021 will be an interesting year uh, similar to 2020, but hopefully with the pandemic will be behind us at some point when people get vaccinated, um, you know, and, and follow all the rules of distancing. But uh, I try to stay positive, as you can see. Uh, another hmm. thing that we want to talk about, and I know I'm talking about that. So please stop me if you have a question, if something comes up into your mind and I'm speaking. But I want to try to... Um, to just give as much of, of, of an update and refresher. I mean, there's a lot of tax law changes, and I could not obviously wow. cover every single one. Uh, there are some that are to the individual, some are to the corporation. <coughs> Excuse me. Sylvia, my comment at this point would be, my only comment at this point would be, there is a tremendous amount of detail that has to be mastered by the typical taxpayer, let alone the typical business owner, how can they possibly master this kind of detail uh, on their own? It doesn't seem possible. Obviously, they need a professional, but it just it's just mind-blowing. Kelly, are you yeah. blown away? I just, I just, yes, it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. Uh, it is. It's a lot to definitely also keep track of and compare. And that's why they want to, I mean, I'll talk a bit about also what, why tax planning is important. 
uh, why staying in touch yeah. with your accountant throughout the year is important. You know, uh, for right. one angle right. is this changing in the tax laws itself. From another angle is making sure mm. that you're taking advantage of all the tax law, uh, you know, deductions and, and credits and everything that's applicable to your situation, especially if you own a business. Mm-hmm. So right. th- this comes handy, really comes handy. I mean, for example, this year, you know, some of the things, and this is not particularly about, you know, businesses, but I'll talk about businesses in a moment. But, I, I, you know, educators' expense. You know, it continues, the, the teachers continues to enjoy that $250. You know, it's small, but it's still a credit. It's above the line deduction. Uh, sorry, excuse me, it's not a, pre- a credit, it's a deduction above the line. Uh, but this year, it actually encompasses any expenses related to COVID-19. So if they spend any, right. you know, any dollars on sanitizers or soap or, uh, you know, any of these items or masks, so they can deduct that. They can include it as part of their, on their $250. I do want to speak, though, a bit about the tax well, plan. And I want to I talk have a about question about that as well. Sure. I, I have a question about that. Do you, can business operators who have spent a tremendous amount of money on reconfiguration of physical plant, uh, barriers, uh, plexiglass, um, can they uh, get a special deduction on that, or is it just a, a standard business deduction as a business expense? As of right now, from I mean, I would have to check if there's a special credit for them. There is some special credit mm. for uh, for employers, not particularly just about COVID itself, but about what they had to be went through past year uh, from mm-hmm. reorganizational. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tax code, mm-hmm. you know, has different things in there, and it's it's a lot more complicated than to just talk about it here. Uh, but as far as expenditures mm. for any of these items, they can claim it as part of their business operation expenditure. Uh, we know also that I part see. of the, th- the reliefs that IRS had given businesses is if you had employees, and obviously that's what the, one of the PPP loans was uh, created for, is that you continue to keep your employees. As long as you continue to keep them, you can get that PPP loan to try to pay for some of their payroll expenses. But one of the reliefs to give some business, mm. small business and employers was if you owed payroll taxes, you had till, till literally till 2021, till this first quarter, to pay it without um, – first it was till the end of December, and then it was extended uh, – to pay it without having to pay any penalties for late payment of these payroll taxes. That's what the feds have came up with, and that's mm-hmm. going to be substantial. If you are a restaurant and mm-hmm. have, you know, an establishment and you have, I don't know, five employees, ten employees, I mean, minimum, a small restaurant will have ten employees at bare minimum. And mm-hmm. they have this payroll, payroll liabilities can be substantial. And those liabilities, penalties on them for late payment is huge. They are much, they are much bigger than uh, late payment on your tax liability, your personal taxes. So this was a big thing mm-hmm. the IRS gave. So that I consider as a relief for employers. Would they get credits? One of the questions that have been asked, now that they close establishments or offices close and people working from home, so they were, I was being asked if I would be able to write off some of my business use at home. And unfortunately, IRS did not allow for debut employees to be able to write off portions of those, even though they had nothing to do with the pandemic, they were kind of just thrown into the mix of this and had to work from home. Still, mm. they couldn't, as of now, mm. they have not came up and said, came out and said, I will, uh, you can deduct any portion of your business use of home. The situation is different. If you are self-employed or if you're a corporation or partnership, it is, you continue to be able to use portion of uh, your business use of home as a deduction on your taxes. So that has not changed. Mm-hmm. But we were hoping for mm-hmm. individuals who are W-2 who were forced to work from home because of the pandemic that they could enjoy a portion of that write-off. Especially, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. People are still continuing to work from home. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not as much as it used to be, but there's still majority still working from home. 
I, I would hope that IRS would reconsider the decision on this and really look into some type of a deduction for those individuals because they are still having an expense of staying at home. Uh, they're paying their mortgage or their rent, and uh, it's still an expense mm-hmm. on, on them, so they should benefit from uh, maybe some type of a deduction. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I would hope that they would reconsider this for, for 2021. Uh, there's a lot of different new regulations that came out and laws that allows individuals, mm-hmm. for example, if you, uh, many people went out and cashed uh, some of their retirement plans the, because the, back in when the pandemic started, the CARES Act allowed people to cash out up to 100000 of their 401k or simple IRAs or traditional mm-hmm. IRAs or SEP IRAs without having to pay any penalties on it. However, it was conditioned on you either, you either pay the tax on this, on this money that you've taken over the next three years, so a portion of it, one-third, one-third, one-third would be reported on the tax return itself, or you repay it and then you won't have to pay any taxes or penalties. The nice thing about it is that they would do it without a penalty. The penalty for people who are 59 and a half, <coughs> excuse me, and younger, who are drawing such amount of money, if you take 100,000, your penalty is 1% of that. That's, that's substantial. So they gave them a release from this because of the pandemic. I want to remind taxpayers it is important that you do let your accountant know about this and what's your intention if you're going to be repaying it. Or uh, if not, then we have to claim it on your taxes over the next three years. So there's a lot of these things that's happening this year. That's uh, Sylvia, creating I just, a lot of I'm changes. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to yes. um, um, ask um, Kelly. When you think of the sort of the top three questions regarding uh, finances from members. What would you say they would be in terms of that that might be tax related? Right. the The predominant question this year has been in regards to um, the expenses that you just touched on a few minutes ago, as far as um, mm-hmm. equipment, you know, PPE equipment, right. you know, plexiglass, building different right. office situations, what have <laughs> you. And, you know, is that deductible and how that relates to any idle, you know, loans received? Um, And then do you, as far as a business, do you have to count in um, in, income? Does um, any, um, I'm sorry, hold on here. Let me, uh, (laughs) do any of the PPP Mm. loans, or any grants, two different things. Because there's been, you know, federal grants, there's yes. been county grants, there's been state grants, there's been individual right. grants, you know, um, general. I mean, every it's, it's so unique, uh, every different business. So which ones of those have to be counted as income for your business? Which don't? And you know, those, those are the predominant questions that I hear all the time. Uh, and whether it's uh, prepping for their taxes or figuring out how to apply for more um, in PPP round two, like you know, do they do they have to count PPP one as income for PPP two? Yeah, but Sylvia, you're probably following my gist much better than yes. I am. No. <laughs> um, but oh. those are the those oh. are definitely the leading questions all the time. Okay, so as far as the PPP loan and, and to touch on, on, on those type of, of credits that the employers would get, there's something called a retention credit that the employer would be able to apply for <coughs> if they actually kept, uh, uh, if they paid wages and kept the employees any time from March 20, uh, 2020 until January 1st, 2021. So they would have qualified for that credit and that credit is equal to 50% of the qualified wages paid, including health insurance. Um, so they have a retention credit they could apply for. Now, as far as the PPP loan itself, 
you had you have an opportunity to ask for forgiveness of that loan if indeed you've used the majority of the funds and initially they said seventy five percent then the SBA came back and said no it's sixty percent of it that was used for payroll and the remainder was of the of the loan itself was used for business items like utilities leases uh, anything like that so if you if you qualify to ask for it to be forgiven you would ask the bank and they would they would make you fill out the application for forgiveness submit it to the SBA loan and then if it approved this becomes a forgiven loan you don't pay it however it is taxable to you as an employer so you have to claim it on your taxes there has been forgiveness that happened and some clients have not received what we call uh, cancellation of debt 1099C, which is when we show any cancellation of debt from the banks. In this case, it would be from the government for the SB loan. Um, so if they didn't receive it, they want to check with their bank if they will be mailing them out for them. Banks are late in a lot of these documents, and the forgiveness had to happen in 2020 in order for it to be claimed on the 2020 tax return. If you are in the process of still applying for the forgiveness and you still have time, I believe, till end of June um, to apply for it, then this would be applicable to 2021. Now, the second PPP loan, if, I, if you qualified and got the first PPP loan, you did not apply for a forgiveness, and you went back and applied for the second round of PPP loans, then I, from what I understand, banks will actually add them together, and then if you elect later, depending on how you spend those funds, to apply and you qualify to apply for forgiveness, then you can combine those two loans and apply for one type of forgiveness instead of two separate forgiveness. And that was part of why people got delayed, by the way, in applying for forgiveness. Uh, A lot of updates on that form was coming from the SBA, and also the SBA advised if the employer's were applying for the second round to wait on on requesting forgiveness so they get the approval, finish the second round, and then apply for a, for forgiveness for both loans. Okay, so now let's t- thank you for that, um, Sylvia. Sure. Um, now, I mean, boy, if there's <coughs> ever a time more of a need for an accountant, it, I, I would, it's now. <laughs> there's so much to yes. navigate, um, and there's just so many tricky mm-hmm. things. Um, okay, so let's talk about grants, because <clears throat> there obviously have been several grants um, that are, are out there. People are eligible for, eligible for. Um, some of the grants are business grants, and, and the money goes to, you know, XYZ business. Others have been distributed personally to the business owner. Um, so, and I, I, I know of both. I mean, some are, you know, local, some of the mm-hmm. local grants in Manhattan Beach. Um, and this was all disclosed up front and what have you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the, like, the money went right straight to the business owner in good faith for them to use for themselves to, or for their business to stay open and survive, you know. Others of the grants have gone straight to the business. So h- how do people, what's the rules on claiming the grant money? Various, county, state, federal, personal, like, you know, um, we've had generous donors in Manhattan Beach. What are the different rules for personal grants versus business grants? Well, typically a grant is, 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 is as, as the word, it's a grant. It's not a taxable event. Typically that's not the case. Uh, however, um, it, it depends on those grants, how they actually, the distribution, how they had written the agreement on these grants. Uh, for businesses, I mean, for, for individuals, the grants, similar to government grants, if, it depends if they came from a business. It depends if they came from a business to a business, if they came from a business to a personal. So typically, like I said, if, if their agreement is this is a grant, which is almost like a scholarship, which is almost like a gift, they don't repay those. And they're typically not taxable either, whether to the individual or to the, to the, to the business. However, I would want to take a look and see if there's anything in the regulation that has changed in terms of, um, you know, in the IRS 
in terms of any portion of that being taxable to the business. Uh, typically, they are not. Grants are not taxable. Uh, but again, I would want to double check on this to be able to accurately uh-huh. answer this question for you. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> and each one is different. I understand that. And I guess my other um, part of that would be if it's a, you know, um, despite taxes, do you know if people received grants in 2020, do, do they count them as income, whether personally or for their business? Um, perhaps if they're applying, you know, for the next round of PPP. So um, I hear that a grant is, doesn't need to be repaid, but does it count as income? It in shouldn't that count scenario? as income. No, it shouldn't count as income. All right. Well, that's a grant those typically are, that's, is not. Yeah, that's great news <laughs> uh, because that's, that's those are definitely totally. are the questions that I'm always being. I'm always being I mean, asked too. Yeah, and I know it's right. 2020 has been a really tough year for businesses. The grants were made to help the business to stay afloat, some businesses, as much as they can. Uh, and then for a person, now there is there might be a question in there if they would be considered to the individual as a gift, you see, if they would be subject to the gift tax or not. So that's a different question. Uh, we're yet to see if they would be claimed as that. But even if they are considered a grant from one person as a gift to that person, um, as long as they need the threshold, there's no the donor doesn't have a liability of filing a gift tax return if it's below the threshold, and the donee does not have to claim anything. We, they are never any gift and never taxable to the donee. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. Let's talk about – this is always a question every year uh, with personal uh, filing, um, and this is, I think it's always healthy to remind people. Okay, so let's just operate right now that um, the tax filing date for your personal income tax is April 15th. Let's assume that's not going to be changed. That's probably a good practice, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Sylvia, remind everybody if, you know, people, as far as filing an extension, and then what yes. has to be paid? Because, you know, that happens every year for different reasons. Yes. And, um, yes. But I think it's always good reminders on those rules. Mm, that's an excellent question, Kelly. So we, have, we uh, can apply for a six-month extension, whether being for the March 15 deadline, which is the corporations and monthly member LLC, or for the April 15 for individuals and C-Corps and single-member LLC. It's a six-month extension. What does this do to you is it allows you six months to file your tax return. However, if you owe any tax liability, it is not an extension to pay that tax liability. It is an extension to file your tax return, which means you will be, if you don't pay any tax liability by the April 15 deadline, you will be subject to late payment penalty and interest by, uh, uh, from the IRS. So this is a reminder for everyone. What some clients do, and I do this for them, let's say the reason for the delay on filing the tax return is due to K-1. They are waiting for to receive a K-1 that's late. Then in this case, we try to make, to, to make the tax return as accurate as possible, get an idea or an estimate how much that K-1 is going to be. Then we, we include that in the tax return, and we give them an estimate to make. We give them a tax liability voucher based on what we know, so that if they pay these taxes by April 15, even if I file an extension for them, and the K-1 comes in June or July, even if it, ha- if it has minor changes, they will not be dinged the penalty or interest on the whole entire amount of tax liability. So making making an estimate by April 15 is critical to those individuals. All right. So does this of, um, answer your question for me? Yeah. And the no, nice thing I should say, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I should probably just add here also that IRS had came out and announced a couple of days ago that their interest rates will remain the same for this calendar quarter beginning April 1st, 2021, meaning any of their, their interest for um, underpayment of taxes will remain at the 3%, and for large corporations would remain at 5%. So it's 
So that interest rate remains low still. So, uh, but it is important to, to just be aware that, like you said, it's an extension or like you asked, it's an extension to file, not to pay. So you still be subject to interest and penalty mm-hmm. if not paid by April 15th. You can run, but you can't hide. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I have to say, honestly, I mean, this has been a tough year for many people. I don't think there is actually uh, an individual or a business that did not feel the impact. Some got hit early on of the the pandemic, right? And some got hit towards the end or towards the end of the year. Actually, not the end of the pandemic, but later in the the pandemic, you know, uh, time. So some have late effects, some have early effects of it, but everybody got affected. So it is a tough year and it will continue to probably be over the next, six months, probably at least till June and maybe even till July and August. Who knows? It's uh, all up in the air right now. Um, people can only do the best they can. Government is trying to give them breaks, you know, to get different credits, different write-offs, loans, stimulus, checks, you know, all these stuff. Uh, the fact that there were people that couldn't afford paying the rent and still living in their own apartments or, got a relief from their mortgage for a whole year because of COVID. You know, this in itself is a big break. Yeah, they'll have to still, you know, pay it. Yes, it's added back at the end of the loan. I understand all of that. But still, it helped, you know, people stay in their homes and stay in their apartments, not be on the streets. But at the end of the day, this pandemic is is a big problem. I mean, everybody got affected. Mm -hmm. And we just hope that later this year, things will come back to some type of a normal, some type of a normal. It won't be as a normal as before, but some type of a normal. If I would talk about it, this, more businesses are considering continuing to work from home. You know, their employees continue to work from home. I recall when this pandemic first started, and this was back as early as probably March, mid-March, and I heard it on the radio where they said, Companies like Apple and Google, they closed their, their offices in Washington. And they told the employees, and I, I want to say it's Apple that didn't mention that, but if I recall correctly, they said to employees, you'll be considered working from home indefinitely. This is quite a powerful statement to mm-hmm. tell your employees early on on the pandemic. You know, so that made me think that really the future is going to be more and more virtual meetings, more and more Zoom meetings, conference calls, and less in-person meetings. Um, so definitely IRS, I, I can see a lot of the more changes coming in the tax law pertaining to this particular way or new way of doing work, I would call it, working from home, you know, versus mm-hmm. because it's just a pandemic, it's temporary. No, 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 this is going to become part of the norm for a lot of businesses. Obviously, we're talking about service industry businesses, businesses that doesn't have to, uh, see uh, clients, you know, and, and, you know, on a daily basis. So oh, my I, gosh, I, you Joe, know, how I, are you feeling? It's a lot. <laughs> I, 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 I was a little afraid when we started, yes, and uh, but my, I'm feeling a little bit better. Sylvia has a very calming uh, voice, and she's very knowledgeable, so I'm feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, because when you first mentioned that you were so worried and concerned. And like I said, look, the tax code, like Kelly was saying, you know, people sometimes say, oh, I could just file my own tax return. You know, sure, if you have just a W-2 and maybe right. one interest income from the bank, go ahead and use TurboTax, file your, you know, your tax return. No worries. You can even do it on the IRS website for free if you, you know, if you know what you're doing on this. However, like she was mentioning, yeah. where do you really – consider going to a tax professional. Things like this that happened into your life, you know, pandemic hit. Uh, mm. You all of a sudden now don't mm. earn the same and you have a big drop in your income. You've sold your home. You purchased a right. home. You want to get a rental. You have a rental property. Things that have to, you got married. You have a child. I mean, there's so many things. And instead of missing out on these right off, ask. It doesn't hurt. Like one of the things I, I was mentioning about my business, for example, my tax, my, uh, tax and accounting firm, I offer complimentary consultation. It's a 30-minute complimentary consultation. You can imagine during my tax season, this is money out of my pocket, right? However, I'm happy to offer mm-hmm. this to new clients 
to assess their tax situation, to tell them what I'm, having, what I'm able to do, what the cost would be, and then they can still decide at the end of the meeting if they want to work with me or not, if they want to proceed or not. So many professionals don't even do that. But I encourage taxpayers to, or, or individuals that are looking for accountants to take advantage of this, whether with myself or with other professionals, if, if, you know, if they offer such a service. Because I believe well, well, using the, the knowledge is important of a tax professional. That, that's excellent, Sylvia. So that brings up the, the issue of how do people get in touch with you? Phone number, website, how do people get in touch with you and take advantage of this uh, potential 30-minute consultation? I can be reached. It's, again, Manhattan Tax and Accounting. It is established locally here in Manhattan Beach. I can be reached at 310 Five four six three eight zero zero. We can schedule this complimentary consultation in person or versus or, or in conference or Zoom, whatever they prefer, uh, and uh, and we can get going and take a look at their tax situation and help them from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All Great. right, Joe. That's it. That's, that's the day. That's our show. <laughs> well, thank you thank very you, much, Sally. Sylvia thank you, Gayet. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. And thank, thank you, Kelly. Thank you to all our audience, too. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, thank indeed. you, Sylvia. It was um, a pleasure. Please. And uh, hopefully everybody's a little bit more um, motivated and, um, and yet right. calm and understands. You know, don't be afraid. It's okay to be, <laughs> it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to afraid. not be in the know. Just ask and take some action, right, and, get, and start working on all your documents. Absolutely. Right. Thank you both. Right. Pleasure right. always. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.